like something dark is is happening here there's no real escape from it and i think the quote in the book was we pay for the violence of our ancestors and when i read interviews with him he basically said that he was originally inspired by just the the impact of messiahs on history was his idea the idea Mm -hmm. of like power structures that you know even if the messiah is like a good person you know there there's entire things that get built around a messiah and there are bad people attracted to it there are structures built from him and Yeah, anywhere with that are, kind of power is there's going to be corruption and and uh, evil. There, it just seems like it's inevitable that that, that kind of uh, when someone's power gets that eye. Yeah, no, exactly. And which is funny because it's actually the same subject matter uh, of of the keep, which we'll get into. I actually sure. it was very funny. Herbert and Michael Mann actually delivered kind of similar uh, sort of statements about what they thought their uh, things were about. And I, I do think that Lynch gets that. But I also think that as a result of the what happened to this film, you don't actually feel it does have a weirdly kind of triumphic uh, or triumphant kind of finale. It kind of seems yeah, like there's, um, there's moments like where I don't know if we want to get to it right away, but it, it's like there's moments where you see Paul kind of channeling what you have told me at least comes within the second book. Uh, which sounds incredibly fucking dark. Um, but then it doesn't necessarily show you that tone by the end. And we can get into that with more detail, but it's mm-hmm. weird because I see hints of it. Um, and then they just don't really make it that way by the end. Or, or you can kind of even still see it a little bit with Kyle, the way he's acting. But it, it's just like the tone of the film itself, the music crescendoing, like everyone celebrating that kind of thing. That's where it feels strangely contradicting itself in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's just it is that like, there's, there's, there's parts of this where you can feel the, you know, just the, like how good the text is, is just, you know, just (laughs) having a, a good filmmaker just like visualize elements of it. You're like, there's something here that's working. Um, yeah. And then there's just there is then parts where you can feel kind of, you know, you can feel the sort of production limitations kind of kick in and it gets a little frustrating. And so I think that's what most people kind of respond to. I, I I think it helped for me watching this film, having read the book, having seen the Villeneuve film. Yeah. So I went into this and I was like, this isn't that confusing. I know all these scenes already. I know these guys. And I so, you know, I had a little bit of an advantage, I think, going through there, like especially going going through contemporary reviews where people fucking hated this movie. Ebert called it incomprehensible, ugly, (laughs) unstructured and pointless. The worst movie of the year. Um, (laughs) Oh, wow. I I would have to disagree. Like the other things I, I disagree with them, but like at the time, maybe if you were frustrated, whatever, but I don't like this film is not ugly by any means, but anyway, no, I, I, I think I think like Siskel, he was just he j- was just referring to some of the intentional design work, like the gross sure. out stuff. Maybe he thought was ugly, which was just something that like Siskel signaled out because he always hated that stuff. But it was one of those things <laughs> where it's like, OK, but that's clearly like a design choice. He's an ugly character. It's yeah, not an the ugly Baron's movie. supposed to look like Sting <laughs> does in this. Yeah. You know, it doesn't like the, the guy should be, you know, pulsating pimples out of his out of his face and all that like that. That should happen. Yeah, so so weirdly enough, going through contemporary reveals, I actually thought Pauline Kale somehow, who had some insane takes back in her day, she ended up kind of the most reasonable on this film and closer to where I kind of landed, where she she wrote, 
He lays out Herbert's grandiose vision of a galactic system with hordes of characters parceled out over four planets and a messiah who is preordained to lead the righteous in a holy war. And he brings on the giant man-eating worms and uh, that produce the consciousness-altering spice. Um, and the, But the movie is heavy on exposition and the story isn't necessarily dramatized. It's acted out and hurried through in a series of scenes that are more like illustrations. And despite <laughs> the care that has has gone into the sets and costumes and staging the editing rhythms are limp and choppy and i was like i think i landed ultimately a little bit more positive than her but i was like basically that's my yeah uh takeaway from from watching it that um you know it the stuff that it takes straight from the novel it, it's doing decent illustrations of and i think that that's mm-hmm. i think that that's totally valuable like that it absolutely there's stuff in here like when lynch is getting into the just like the weirdo design elements and the body horror in there like the 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 creepy monstrous like navigator creatures or the baron's like rotten physicality you know meant to kind of capture his his interior and moral rot as just a person yeah or some of the violence even just with like the rabbin's decapitated head on the throne room at one point or fades very gruesome knife death that uh he gets so like all of that stuff is is well done and same with the um just the overall look the the gargantuan like space opera you know oh, yeah. uh, it just it, it everybody like, like the movie like those, looks and sounds totally competent yeah it, it has those very um strange like there were outfits that were kind of reminding me i guess it's stuff you'd probably see in star trek back in the day as well maybe or something along those lines i haven't watched a lot of the old older sci-fi stuff but you know like mm. star wars episode one kind of thing you know with um princess what uh I can't remember her name, but she's got those kind of those weird hairstyles that are really massive and just very like eccentric and flamboyant. Like pretty much right. everybody looks like that in this. Um, like all the priestess have um, like bald heads, but then there's a dress that goes up like halfway through to their head and they all seem to have that uniform. There's just there's a lot of cool production design in this that I would think is pretty accurate to the book or at least accurate in the sense of like the aesthetic that it gives off when you're reading it. Yeah, I like the suits worn by the guild members because they 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 mm. they are uh, they were essentially like body bags taken from a 1920s fire station. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, see, like that's the kind of thing that Lynch would throw in some sort of like grim, uh, like kind of like old fashioned thing that doesn't really exist.